Connect. Influence. Optimize. You're listening to The Channel Channel, a podcast for executives and others involved in the authorized sale of electronic components. Brought to you by the ECIA, the Electronic Component Industry Association. Working to promote and improve the authorized distribution channel. Welcome to The Channel Channel. I'm Dale Ford, Chief Analyst at ECIA and responsible for ECIA Market Research and Statistics and host of this session of the Channel Channel, a podcast sponsored by the Electronic Components Industry Association covering topics that are important for participants in the electronic components supply chain. I'm very pleased to welcome Mike Swenson, president of Mel Foster Company. Mike started his first real job with Mel Foster out of college, University of Minnesota, and he's been with the organization for 38 years in various roles. He's run the company as president since 2001. Mel Foster is a leading electronics representative company in North America. It was originally founded by Melville Foster way back in 1924 and has established itself as one of the largest and most successful rep companies in the country. It is now an employee-owned organization with over 60 employees and has sales coverage in 15 states and covers over a million square miles. In addition to his work with Mel Foster, Mike has made many contributions to the industry and to ECIA. He served as an ECIA board member and executive committee member, and he's currently a member of the Independent Manufacturer Rep Council. He's been a member of the EDS board since 2015, and he was a conference chair for ERA in 2020. Most recently, and driving the topic of our podcast today, Mike led the Business Review Best Practices Study Group at ECIA. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks, Dale. Uh, thanks for the uh, nice intro. Uh. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I'm excited about um, our topic today. I think those are who are listening will find this very interesting, and it's going to be another way to convey, communicate some of the insights and information of what I believe was a very valuable project. So why don't we go ahead and jump in. What motivated the study and, and what were the goals uh, that were set out in doing this? Yeah, Dale, I'll give you a little background here. So the, the study idea was incepted from the manufacturer's rep subcommittee group, which is part of the ECIA structure. And we were looking at how to, to work with the, you know, some of the industry problems or needs. And many of us have sat through hundreds of business reviews. And the variability between an excellent review and one done poorly is wide. Different companies handle reviews differently. Also, there are more advanced tools now with business analytics, a lot of data-driven type metrics that can help drive more successful reviews. So we thought the timing is right to look into best practices more of reviews. When done correctly, they can help align expectations, help to generate more sales growth, ensure that metrics are achieved. When done poorly, they can be expensive to conduct with results. They can quite frankly waste attendees time. We've been all part of these meetings sometimes that just don't have maybe an agenda or too free flowing or don't have a clear objectives. And there's a lost opportunity by having attendees not visiting customers or doing other protective tasks if done poorly. 
and uh, they can be really drive against having good productivity. So, and one thing I did want to note is uh, we're on this topic. Do we have to have reviews for everything? No, not all business partnership needs reviews, but I do think we always need to understand parties' mutual goals and how to accomplish them. A business review can be in the part of the toolkit on how to get better results together as partners. Great, great. Let's look at the genesis of this group and just talk briefly. You, you mentioned that it was uh, started out of the Independent Manufacturers Representative uh, Council, one of the three councils at ECIA, but how was the group formed? How did you select the members of the team? Who were the members? And how was its mission guided? I think one of the things was, as I mentioned earlier, many of us have sat through business reviews. We really wanted to pick industry experts that have had a lot of experience around reviews. And we decided to do things a little differently. We picked members from distribution and also manufacturers, as well as manufacturers reps from its inception. So we selected industry experts from the distributor ones were John Drabeck from TTI, Manny Brunson from Carlton Bates, uh, manufacturers Cole Sykes from On Semi, Carolyn Wells from Omron. And from the rep, these are people I know well that we work with is uh, Greg Miner from Thorson Rocky Mountain, Michael McKay from Luscombe, Adam Grigger from Tech Trek, and Alan Ahern from Crowley served in an advisory position. And as you know, Dale, the ECI was instrumental part of this, yourself included. I mean, you helped us with survey and analytics, and unbeknownst to me, now you're a podcast host as well. Uh, <laughs> so we, get, we get that today. And then Deb Connors with marketing and Jennifer Reed, who helped compile results to an executive summary. And I just wanted to give a shout out to these people because they really, I'm, I'm the chair, but they spent a lot of work on putting together this project. So I just want to make sure that they, they got the recognition they deserve. But the mission was really to provide guidance on how to conduct best practice reviews as we discussed. And all of us have a vested interest in making reviews better because we're active participants in them. Yeah, yeah. And, and I have to agree. Every member of the group made very valuable contributions. And uh, from, from me being a participant, I was able to see that up close and personal. You know, stepping aside from our topic for just a moment, maybe just uh, some insights on successful leadership. You know, this group was able to work successfully in accomplishing its goals. And I think people will see that when they see the actual work product. But let me ask you, what do you think were the keys uh, to to the, the group working successfully. I've worked with many groups, not all are successful. What do you think were the keys in this case to, to facilitating a successful outcome? Yeah, I think, uh, Dale, I, mean, I was reviewing the information this morning and, and I looked at the executive summary and the results we put together. I'm very proud of what we were able to put together. And I did get a little self-reflective uh, ahead of this call. And I think, um, you know, including all the stakeholders, and I, and I kind of glimpsed or, you know, kind of went over that briefly already, but this is really um, one of the first projects I know of in the ECIA since the new organization was formed that brought in all stakeholders right away from the inception of the group project. So I think that provided a lot of additive value. And I think when you were on the calls, Dale, you probably noticed it, but there was a lot of different perspectives from different stakeholders that helped to get a balanced viewpoint of what was going what was going on and where we were going directionally with the team. Also, I think uh, one of the things we did was we set up smaller subcommittees to handle larger tasks. 
So it wasn't so daunting, uh, multiple people getting together and handling these big tasks. We kind of divided up the job. And I think that helped quite a bit, as, especially as we were viewing the results. And I think setting directions. We had clear goals from the onset. And I'd like to come back to that, Dale, if you wouldn't mind on the goals. Um, yeah. We set the goals right away. And then we also defined the process and how we we're going to put this together. And I'd just like to add that we put together a team that were all strong contributors. And I, I made this project successful and also enjoyable, quite frankly. Yeah. So. yeah, it's good part to be enjoyable as well. Well, you brought up goals. Let's let's take a moment on that and discuss specifically what the goals were of this project. Yeah, and I think it's good to start with that. So first of all, driving commonality across industry reviews, I think is really healthy. It makes us all more productive. Um, we, I can't tell you how many reviews I've been to that are radically different from review to review. Guess what? That's a lot more prep time for all parties. Um, that's also an understanding, and it's okay for companies to have some, it doesn't have to all be standardized, but um, some of them are literally, hey, let's have a review. Well, what do you want to cover in it? Well, I don't know, but can you, can you put together a review? I mean, that's how some of them are like that. Some of them are very, I was on, just on one today and it was very defined, very well done. Parties knew what they had to do and what the expectation was. And I'll get into it later. It lasted an hour. They don't have to be five hours long, you know, and we'll talk about that later on the results. But I think the commonality drives efficiency. And the, the companies we work with, we'd have common templates. I just urge, try to have a common template for all your reviews. And then you have a good baseline as you compare different reviews historically and also with other partners. So, um, and then, you know, uh, we wanted to definitely highlight best practices. And uh, again, you know, we really looked at this holistic. It wasn't one type of review. As you know, we went through a decision-making process of what reviews we participate in. And we wanted to provide suggestions for the following three types of reviews, a manufacturer and distributor corporate. Okay, that was one type of review. Manufacturers or a representative distributor branch. And then manufacturer and representative. And I think ahead of time, we said, you know, there's probably some common KPIs or common threads amongst all three. Let's, let's get those out in the survey and then look, look at differences as well. So. Uh, um, anyways, I just wanted to, that was the scope and the goal of the project uh, on the on the front end. Right. So, so as you got into this, let's get into the details a little bit here beyond that description. You know, there were specific questions that were developed and issues that were addressed. Uh, drilling down one more level, um, I guess, what were some of the specific issues in each of these types of reviews that were addressed and and how did you go about identifying what you wanted to look at and, and, and survey for and analyze? Yeah, it's a, it's a you know, really um, a lot of thought went into that, quite frankly, as you know. Um, a lot of thought went into it before we put out the survey. And I think the first thing we did was we brainstormed extensively, multiple calls, and we called them key ingredients. And this is from all our years of experience as a committee what are let's just give it an exhausted list of ingredients and in reviews okay just in general okay mm -hmm. and um as you know that was quite an extensive list on a lot of different topics and a lot of different areas so that was our, our our initial approach was let's get that all out there on the table and then let's start now identifying which areas do we want to question or do which do we want to have a survey on and we decided to look at um frequency of 
reviews, length of reviews, uh, time allocation, item importance, sales performance KPIs, distribution item importance, marketing NPI importance, and actions and wrap-up items. And those were kind of the high-level kind of categories. And then within that, we had, as you know, we had questions that we asked um, around those. Um, but I would say the, the big part of this process were those ingredients. And I think it'd be just seeing what uh, these committee members thought were important ingredients, I think is a good learning in and of itself. Yes. Yeah, and I had mentioned, you know, the, the committee put these together with the brainstorming and, and organizing it, but uh, another element that was done was actually the committee itself took a, an initial survey. So they, they had direct exposure to the experience of taking the survey. And then after that, to say internal survey was done, that enabled them to go back and refine and polish the survey so it was ready for prime time to roll out to everybody else, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so I think the committee did a lot of work um, to really uh, pursue this in, a, in a, an effective way. And as you so, know, Dale, I mean, we put together the, uh, the survey and, you know, there was quite a bit of thought that went into that. We wanted to make sure we hit on the key points. But I did want to know, uh, one of the things we thought was we really wanted this to be industry-wide and reflective of the industry versus individuals. And we uh, spent a lot of time uh, making sure we had a, a strong list of people to send this out to, as you know, but we're very proud. We had excellent participation. We had over 200 participants. And then when, you know, if I look at the distribution of who participated, it's pretty equal amongst manufacturers, reps, distributors, and manufacturers, which excited me because, uh, you, you know, if, you, if your sample sizes are too small or with one party, your results tend to not be as strong. So very excited about the distribution and level of participation. I just wanted to add that. Yeah, and I'd say as well <clears throat> that there was a good balance between respondents who were <clears throat> located at headquarters locations versus those who are in field or branch offices as well. So we got both of those perspectives on this also. <clears throat> good. So we gathered the data, we brought it in. How did your group go about analyzing the results that came back and extracting what you consider to be the key findings. Yeah, um, and, and by the way, there, were, there was a lot of, you can imagine with three different, you know this because you put it together, uh, the survey itself, but we're really, we're asking questions about three different types of reviews. So that added a little layer of complexity, right? So we had to really look at each area and where there were differences and where there were commonalities. But, um, you know, I look at the, uh, the survey itself, what we did is we, and this is where we started doing, as I mentioned earlier, we started subdividing tasks. So we took part of the committee to focus on length and frequency. What, what did you guys see in the data? What's the data telling you? And then we um, subdivided out some of the other key ingredients to another part of the committee. And then they reported those findings back, the summarizations back, as you know, in the calls that we had. And that's how we got through that process and, you know, it was interesting, and I'll talk about it here in a little bit, but the commonalities and then the disparities, I think, were suddenly kind of interesting to look at. You know, what, what, what was in common amongst all three groups and what wasn't? Um, and that led to, you know, uh, uh, helping with the summary, is looking at it from that perspective. Right, 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 because there was a lot of data, and even trying to chart that and reduce the charts was not going to deliver something that was... Um, uh, digestible, shall we say, for our audience. So 
you had to take all of that data and really distill it down to the critical points so it was in a what I would call a, a valuable, usable form for the audience that we're targeting, right? Absolutely. So let's take time now to go over what you consider to be the most important findings for each of these three types of reviews that you mentioned. What, what would somebody find as the most important issues if they read this? So what I'm going to focus on is just sticking with that commonalities and disparities. Okay, so I'm going to talk about commonalities first. And you kind of have to break it up into top pre-meeting tasks. By the way, any meeting is, is only as good as what you put into it, and that punch through. So there should be some pre-meeting prep. Um, there was a lot of survey responses around make sure you have a good agenda, make sure you follow it, make sure everyone understands what we're going to cover. And um, the commonality, and you know, and I'm just hit on it, but agree on the agenda and and who the attendees. Um, you know, that's kind of important. One of our reviews, we have 20 people that show up for it, and many are one or two people, like different people. Why are they there? What is what do they expect? Making sure you understand all that. Um, review and status action items. No surprise, everyone thought that was really important amongst all three reviews. Um, what we're all about are we're sales organizations producing sales results. So there was a lot around alignment on the numbers, making sure we all had good funnels across all three. Um, so that was important. And then uh, the other thing is challenges and areas of improvement. So I think always as partners, it's good to not everyone's perfect, right? What can we do better together to make, uh, make things happen in a more positive way? So those are some of the common threads on the pre-meeting side where there was, and I wouldn't say huge disparity, but the DISTI local rep manufacturers review was more about target accounts than the other two types of reviews. Um, the rep manufacturer review was um, discussing product roadmaps with the principals and NPI, and then probably coming up with ideas around how to get that out to customers. Um, update and review the opportunity funnel. I've lived, eat, and breathe that as part of the rep manufacturer review process. A lot of times, more time spent on the funnel probably than the other two types of reviews. Um, and then the DISTI corporate, um, they do have an, an MPI review. And also there was a discussion around inventory and, and turns, like um, how is that working, working capital. Um, and that's something the other two reviews don't, don't cover. So those are, the, are some of the commonalities and disparities as it relates to pre-meeting tasks, as it relates to business review goals. Um, some of the commonalities were around developing an action plan, assigning accountability, making sure there's targets, clear targets um, that we discussed, KPIs, and um, you know where there was some variability, the DISTI local rep was a little bit more around how do we collaborate together and what are plans about how do we jointly call on accounts, make sure we get wins together. Um, so there was there was a little, you know, that wasn't covered as much in the other uh, types of reviews. And the rep manufacturer was um, quite a bit around reviewing progress on action items and around driving demand creation, which again, the other reviews covered, but there was a little more emphasis on that in the rep manufacturer review data. And the DISTI corporate um, was the uh, more around grow market share. How do we grow market share? Um, and the other groups still care about that, but it just punched through that that was more uh, important. So um, those are those are some of the uh, commonalities and disparities, uh, Dale. You know, you you mentioned the things where we want to invest time, but in my mind, another really important outcome of this was identifying um, areas that should be eliminated 
from reviews, things that take time and distract from accomplishing the important goals and objectives of a review. So, you know, take a moment, what are some of the things that we found happen commonly in a review that uh, you, you should try to eliminate so you have time to do the important things? And Dale, by the way, I, uh, you know, after we went through this whole process, that this might be some of the more bigger takeaways I had was on the elimination side. Um, yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. So, um, you know, part of what was said, unless there are developments, we sometimes sit through reviews where people give us their company update. It's a review, you know. So, um, you know, unless there are developments that pertain around the timing of the review, maybe they just reported quarterly results. Maybe there's some new products that just came out. But um, more, you know, a move towards staying away from non-review items, company size, global footprint, org charts, manufacturing operations, save that for a, a webcast or something else. There's other ways to communicate that. Um, and then uh, stick to the agenda. Oftentimes we go off on day-to-day uh, -day tactical items that really aren't going to help us that much long-term. That's another discussion, another day, a phone call, um, that type of thing. And then I think one of the key things that um, I took away with it, and, and I, I think um, it's changing right now, and I'm encouraged by that, but spend less time looking back. I can't really recreate or impact the past that much. I can learn from it. I mean, we could talk about some learnings from that, but more time looking forward. How, how do we generate more business together? What accounts do we have to go? Where are we going to get design wins? How are we going to promote this new product? And come up with clear actions by stakeholders on who's going to do what going forward. And guess what? The next review will revisit. Did, did, did we all do what we said we we're going to do to move things forward? And let, let's go look forward again. So um, Dale, that made sense. But that was, that, that was interesting to me to see what we could eliminate as well. Yeah. Another element that I, that I recall that should be eliminated is time spent on the uh, tutorial slash training activities. Mm -hmm. I think that the, there was a sense that there's this is not the proper forum for engaging in that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and then the other thing that we haven't really talked about, but I did want to mention was we did talk about length, frequency, and time allocation, which I think a lot of people will be interested to see when they review the, the survey. Um, so then the groups had a little bit different opinions on that. So um, in general, I think, um, you know, quarterly was, was centered quite a bit with the, with the distributors. I'd say quarterly to semi-annuals, a little bit more with the, the reps. And some people, you know, wanted annual. So I think it will be interesting for people just to see the results of that and uh, what that cadence looks like. And then length of time, I think, was another key uh, takeaway. Um, and I, I got to tell you, Dale, I've been through my share of three, five, six, seven hour reviews. And quite frankly, they, aren't, they really aren't as productive when they go that long. Uh, I'd, I'd rather either subdivide them into smaller reviews or, or, or tasks. But the, the group, uh, really, one of the, the key takeaways on the quarterly type of reviews was about an hour to an hour and a half and be really concise. And I, I thought that was a really good guideline. Now, Business partners might have more to talk about and may need to push that time out some, and certainly will want to be respectful to that. But that, quite frankly, was shorter than I would have expected, actually, um, being, you know, given some of the ruse that I've been in on. But, uh, you know, and, and it varied by group, but the, 
Distributor branch was more centered around just over an hour. Manufacturers rep maybe hour, hour and a half. Disty corporate maybe a little bit longer, but they are all somewhat similar in that time frame. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, make sure that at least we brought that up, that people can see and get some uh, understanding of duration and frequency um, out of the survey results. So let's go to, you know, where people can go, you know, digest this, see this for themselves. Maybe you could uh, share what were the deliverables that, that have now been made available uh, from this project. Yeah, so Dale, um, on the ECI, it's, it's up on the ECI now uh, website, but we have an executive summary. Uh, again, we wanted to, we had a very lengthy survey. We wanted to distill it down to clear information, and I'd urge people to review the executive summary. And then also the survey itself, we decided to go public with that as well. And there's, a, as you know, I can't do justice to all the information that was provided in this podcast, but there's a wealth of information in the survey itself. So I would urge people, those are the two deliverables. We are gonna put out a video here shortly, basically promoting, uh, kind of going through a, a, a little bit on the finding side, but more a promotion video. But those are the deliverables that the committee uh, have. And the whole intent here, is for really all of us distributors, manufacturers, reps, and manufacturers to have better results together. Yeah. You know, just to, to just go into a little more detail. So if you go to ECIANow.org, all you do is select the issues and best practices tab on that homepage. And then you will see a list of topics. And uh, fairly close to the top, you'll see the topic of business reviews, best practices. And you can select that and then you can access these deliverables that Mike has been talking about. So just a little navigation there on the website so people can find that more easily. So bottom lining this, what do you think the bottom line is that we take away from all this, Mike? Well, I think what it is, is let's just be efficient and productive together and let's figure out how to win together more. And reviews are absolutely part of that recipe for being successful. Great. Let me throw in one other question. Yeah. I've, I've been known to be somebody who is, uh, to say, all business. And uh, if anything, I've been guilty of failing to uh, spend time cultivating the, the personal relationship side of our business. So, you know, setting up these business reviews, we really have them focused in all. But your recommendation, if we're so focused on the business reviews, these aren't going to allow probably much opportunity for developing those personal relationships. What are your recommendations for developing that, that personal human side of our relationship in our business? So, Dale, um, we didn't talk about this ahead of time. And, and actually, <laughs> it, it should be something we talked about, and we didn't even have it in the survey, okay? So I'm just going to offer you my personal perspective what an opportunity, especially if people are in town to get to know them better, okay? Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? Um, we've created events. We had a review where we did ax throwing after the review to get to know <laughs> each other better. Um, we've been out on boats together. We've done dinners together. But you hit on something that is really important in business. These personal connections, trumping all these metrics and, and everything we just went over, are as important, if not more important, and that should not get lost. And I urge anyone when you have reviews and what a special event, oftentimes it's executives getting together. They don't get together always that often. Some do, some don't. Create some kind of memories or some event or something special together. 
Um, and then also, uh, you know, uh, again, if you're talking about more on the personal side, what an opportunity to recognize people in a positive way. Like if someone did a great job ahead of the review, give them an award during the review. Maybe they join you for dinner. But, you know, we tend to just be so businesslike to your point all the time. But that personal connections along with the positive rewards, I think, are, are part of the process as well. Yeah. Yeah, as you mentioned, that wasn't part of the topic. It was kind of a, a side point, but I think an important point. And I guess I just pick up on one other item. I mentioned at the top that you've been very much engaged and active in the industry and in ECIA in particular. And I just uh, championed the opportunities for developing these relationships as well, and maybe even broader relationships than might be normal for those who are active participants in ECIA, participating on the committees, contributing on the committees, attending the executive conference and the various, all the various activities. ECIA has a, a wide range of activities that we're, we're pursuing and there's so many great opportunities to develop relationships, get to know people and build as they participate in the association as well. So just take a little opportunity to promote ECIA and its benefits too. Absolutely, Gail. <laughs> no, good points. Great. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to share uh, the experience of this project with uh, the podcast audience and share some of the top line uh, findings that you have. And uh, thank, uh, thank all of you for listening in and uh, uh, recommend that you, again, get involved, participate in ECIA. You will benefit as you participate in the various activities and projects just as Mike and the members of this committee have. So with that, thank you. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, uh, talking to all of you again on a future podcast.